Hello everybody, welcome back to Outer Geeks Game Club. This is episode number 28, Celestial Mechanica. My name is Steve Wilkinson, and with me as always is my buddy Phil. How you doing tonight, Phil? Fantastic, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, a little tired, but uh, doing alright. I hear uh, you. And uh, we'll, we'll get to why we're tired in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> and also joining us is editor and owner of eldergeek.com, Randy. Good to have you back, sir. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm back, and I've got fire in my belly tonight. <laughs> Whoa! I like that. Fire in my belly. I like that. You know, I, I really, I almost feel like I need to pull myself back a little bit, because after our last conversation, I think everybody thinks I'm in this sourpuss mood, and I am in a sourpuss mood tonight, but... <laughs> Be it. Listen, for that. if you need to be a sourpuss, be a sourpuss. All right, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be a sourpuss, but I'm not gonna be like fake raging. No, right? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Randy, of course, is is making reference to the uh, uh, earlier this week. We did uh, Phil and I were on Elder Speak with Randy, and we talked about the Dark Knight. And you weren't even really that negative. No, not really. No. And you know what? Your your opinion, you're welcome to it and you're welcome to express it. I mean, that's that you you don't work for (laughs) Warner Brothers. Tell. And he still liked, I mean, at the end of the day, (laughs) he still liked the movie. I still still like it. And and not to get us too far off track, but I thought it was really funny. Like everybody, everybody was like, oh, Randy, I don't agree with you on, on, in the comments of the video, but I was getting emails. I got like three emails from people being like, dude, I totally they agree They were scared. You. But it was like, if you agree with me, just say they so. They were scared, man. <laughs> they were outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That was it. That's totally it. I was like, oh, great. I'm sticking my neck out there. Uh, cool. you know, all right. I, I think we all agree we're all for discussion and, and debate. So, I mean, yeah, uh, people should definitely not feel weird to leave their comments. I mean, I don't know. I don't think anyone has fear needs to fear uh, being flamed or anything like that because that's that's not how how we do it. Word. Let's let's debate today. Yes. Yeah, so game. for those of you joining us, maybe for the first time, uh, this is the game club, and what we do is we pick a game, usually an indie or retro classic title. Uh, we play it for a couple of weeks, and then the three of us get together and uh, share our thoughts on the game uh, on this here podcast. Uh, this time around, we played an uh, indie title called Celestial Mechanica. It's uh, available for the PC and the Mac, and Phil is going to give us a little uh, history lesson. Yeah, we've actually had this game on our. Uh, we sometimes we speak of the the uh, game club game list that we that we share with each other, and this has actually been on the list for a while. We finally have gotten to it. But um, to start with, it's flash based. Uh, I would classify it as a Metroidvania style indie game, and it was created by Roger Hicks and Paul Veer. So, Roger Hicks, he's a musician, he's a game developer, he's known for a game called R-Complex. Did you guys ever play that? Nope. I think there's like a lot of Newgrounds stuff. It might, it might be like a Newgrounds game. And then Paul Veer, he's a, a well-known pixel artist, I'd say. Or just maybe artist in general. Um, and his big thing is Super Crate Box. Did you guys ever play Super Crate Box? I have, yes. No. Yeah, I like Super Crate Box. It's actually very fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music was all created by Roger himself, so he was the programmer and uh, the musician. And I'm going to butcher this name, Laura Shigihara. I might, I might have said that right, actually. Laura Shigihara, she was actually the composer for Plants vs. Zombies. She did uh, the vocals for one of the main tracks in the game. And the music, uh, I guess the idea was that it was you know, inspired by uh, the band Muse. Uh, so they wanted it to kind of have that sound, and the uh, look and feel was, you know, obviously designed around like SNES games, 16-bit era. 
Uh, I couldn't find an official release date for the game. I think it came out like June of last year, so 2011, and it was uh, released through their official website, and later it was released on uh, Gamersgate and Desura. Uh, I don't have those dates, so I don't know how much later uh, it showed up on those. And the reviews kind of seem to peg the game, um, I put here as a good rating, because I mean, none of the reviews were done through, like, you know, big websites, so there's no, like, Metacritic or anything like that. There was just a handful of links I found through their uh, their own website mm-hmm. that led to some places that cover indie, indie games. Um, most of the complaints were about the length and the difficulty. Uh, praise went towards the art and the music. So that is our background on Celestial Mechanica. Very good. So Thank our you. thoughts on Celestial Mechanica. Who went first last time? Mm, what did we do last time? We did... Uh, we did... Uh, Quantum. Oh, Quantum Conundrum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I I think Randy... Say Portal 3. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you went, I think you went first last time, Randy. Steve, it's your turn then. All right. Um, so, okay. Um, it's funny that you say that the music uh, was inspired by the man Muse. I mean, I guess it's not funny, but... Not in a haha sense of the word, but uh, <laughs> uh, the music was probably the thing I enjoyed the most about the game. Uh, I thought that if that's what they were going for, then they they succeeded because uh, I hear definite similarities in, in the style and uh, the the music kind of stood out to me as I was playing mm. it as just being kind of cool and and really very different for for a um, not only just a game in general, but for a game that has kind of a 16-bit kind of style to it, they typically right. they typically go with like chip kind of authentic-sounding chip music. So uh, the music that they went with for this, which was was um, instrument arrangements, uh, really kind of like I said, it stood out um, as I was playing the game. Um, uh, I got a little bit of thunder here, so apologize if Uh-oh. my mic's picking that up, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, the visual, uh, look of the game and everything I liked, uh, the kind of the story, uh, about how was it the, the earth was, the earth is saved from like a catastrophic event by these, uh, celestial, uh, robot like beings. And then they just kind of, uh, hang out like above the earth in their, uh, what was it called? Like a, like a citadel type, uh, uh, structure. And then... Right. Your story is you're you're one of these beings. No one's seen one on Earth, and and you fall to Earth through a series of events, and and then you're kind of on your way. Uh, I thought that 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 kind of story was intriguing. Uh, I I liked it. Um, I liked uh, the the design of the characters and and the world. I, I thought it had a nice look to it. Um, that was kind of unfortunately where my enjoyment <laughs> of the game kind of came to an end. Um, uh, I tried playing it two ways. I played it mouse and keyboard, uh, and then the game, which I appreciate that they did this, they included a, a config file for Joy to Key, uh, already configuring your uh, Xbox 360 controller or whatever you hook up to it um, mm-hmm. to work. And uh, that worked a little bit better. Um, I just... The game relies a lot on jumps and kind of, you know, there's you can't fall in, you're not allowed to touch water. Um, there's times when there's like electricity and other hazards that you need to avoid. And at no point did the controls really ever feel precise enough to uh, allow you to um, get past those obstacles in a way that wasn't frustrating. Um, I, I, I hate always making the Meat Boy comparison um, but like I, I think of a game like that where you die a lot and there's like kind of crazy uh, maneuvers you have to pull off to get through a level. 
but at the same time, the controls in that game feel so tight that I don't feel like I'm being cheated uh, out of being able to pull things off by, you know, by a misfire of the jump button or something like that. And I really experienced that so many times, especially at one point you get an ability that allows you to double jump. And mm-hmm. there are some moves where you have to be really damn precise to, to make that double jump and, and land uh, over on the other side of a, of a room or whatever. And there were just constantly... I would, you know, go to do the double jump, and the second jump just wouldn't fire for whatever reason. And I could do it the exact same way uh, 20 times, and it would work. And that, uh, you know, maybe half of those times, for whatever reason, it just wasn't firing. And that, that stuff just drives me crazy. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's a Flash game, and you're kind of um, uh, rigging it to work with a controller, with a, with a third-party program. I don't remember experiencing that quite as much. Uh, when I was doing, I it had on... the problems with the keyboard too. Did you? Okay, it didn't yeah, seem so. as noticeable on the keyboard to me, but but maybe it was just as bad. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of frustrating, and uh, ultimately it really kind of hindered my uh, enjoyment of the game because I just found myself getting mad at it. Um, it. It's interesting. I think one thing you have in the notes here, I don't remember if you said it when you were given the the, the history um, portion, but. You have here, since one of the criticisms people had given the game was that there weren't enough checkpoints, which I find odd because it seemed like you die and you yeah. they spawned you right where you were, pretty much. I yeah. mean, I didn't find it to be punishing in that way, and I, I think that was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimately, I, I, th- I feel like it was a, a neat idea for a game, uh, nice graphics, awesome music, but just uh, kind of the controls just kind of uh, were, were a little sloppy, kind of a mess. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I agree with the control. I mean, I think there's, like, there's no, like, weight either to to the character. He's just kind of, like, flying, or she. I think it's a she. Yeah. She's just kind of, like, flying around almost. And I, I never actually felt like I had total control over her. Um, everything always felt like the same speed. Like, eventually, it's like Metroid in, in the fact that you can kind of go wherever you want and, you know, you get items that are almost like keys but you know they work with your with the rest so you know you can one of the items that you find that you come across is the the wall jump did you get that i didn't get to the wall jump no so like this is just an example of just how things just have like no weight to them like so you get the wall jump and then you push against the wall and normally in a game where you are pushing against the wall and your character is kind of like clinging to it before they fall they have like a slower descent you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm yeah, and this one there's no slow descent. She's just dropping. So it always I I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Um, I guess the only way I know how to describe it is that there's just no weight to it. She, she just kind of is always going at the same speed, um, and the jumps are just you know <laughs> the platforming is really difficult and and it kind of shouldn't be. You know the game opens up with a pretty tough platforming challenge where you're locked in this room with a bunch of like electricity uh, and you can't touch it. It's like jumping on spikes in Mega Man or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're saying, it's right after you get the double jump, so you need to use the double jump to get through this electricity, but half the time your double jump is misfiring and just by the way how quickly she jumps, sometimes your your timing is always off and then, you know, you might not even hit the double jump and then you just, you know, you're just hitting the uh, electricity like immediately so it's just like sloppy platforming so 
Okay, whatever. Um, did none of you, you guys didn't beat this game? I didn't beat it, but I got. I, I think I'm really dangerously close. Um, I have the wall jump, and I have like the hover jump, and I'm pretty sure I'm I'm probably like within 15 minutes or so of completing it. I just need to get past this certain obstacle that I'm at. Which at the end of this video, people are probably going to be seeing me stuck at this this one right. obstacle. <laughs> I uh, I completed the game twice because um, I played wow. through it. I played through it the weekend that we, uh, like, right after we finished Quantum Conundrum, and mm -hmm. I finished it, like, in a sitting. So I just wanted to kind of refresh myself, and I knew it was short, and I knew I could get through it again quickly. Um, so, yeah, I played through this game twice. I played through it once with the Xbox controller, and I played through it with the keyboard the second time. Um, took me about an hour both times. Actually, the second time took me a little longer. It took me about an hour and 15 minutes because... A, with the keyboard, like, there were certain parts that were so frustrating. So frustrating. I mean, I was going nuts. And I'm, like, getting... I was actually... I am and Steve at the time I was doing it. Um, I was fighting the final boss again. I was getting so pissed off. Like, I actually stopped playing. I was like, I already beat this effing game. I was like, why am I getting so mad at this boss? Why am I, like... Why am I doing it? Like, the first time I fought the final boss, I, I defeated him on maybe, like, my third try. Um, and, uh... Yeah, the second time with the keyboard, it was just it was just brutal. I'm kind of jumping around here a bit, but you know, going back to the control and and the way you know, I feel like it had like poor hit detection as well. Like, oh god, it had the right. Worst. You're always like, I feel like you're touching things and you don't mean to, and there's just like it's really tough hit detection. And eventually, you know, most of the game, you you actually can't attack. You you know, you're jumping away, you're running away from things, you're dodging things. There's not many enemies. Um, but then you get an ability to grab stuff. Steve, uh, you probably did not get that ability, but Randy, did, I'm assuming you got the ability yeah. to grab. Yeah, I have, you can you can grab projectiles and throw them back at enemies, or use them to like power up switches and stuff in the right. And even that doesn't feel good. Like mm -hmm. you have when you hit the the grab button, all that happens is like there's this like one little frame of animation of like this spark that kind of shoots out of the character. Mm -hmm. Uh. And it's, like, such a small window of time that generally you're going to miss things and you just get hit in the face. Um, yeah, and, it, and if you do catch it, it seems as though, like, the whatever you're catching jumps about 200 pixels worth of space on the screen and then it magically appears in your hands. It's like, oh, okay, right. sure, I right. caught There's, that. like, no, like, flow to it. Um, so, yeah, so when you, once you can finally attack, which happens towards the end of the game, like, it's not even fun. So, oh, I'm really jumping around here. Um, it's hard. <laughs> I, I tried to, like, come up with, like, a, a, a way to go through this. But, uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't feel right. Like, the final boss is basically King Mort from Mario Brothers 2. Okay. If you, do you guys remember that? Yeah, so you catch the King, turnips and throw them into his mouth to kill him. Right, you throw, oh, I mean, yeah. you're, bas you're, you're doing a similar kind of thing here. He's up on, like, a thing, like King Mort, and he's just throwing these, like, fireballs at you, and you're you know you're catching them and throwing them back at him uh but the thing is he gets faster and faster as it goes along so you know when you're throwing the fireball back at him he will probably already have thrown another one and then the fireball collides and you know that's that and then you have to catch another one and pray that eventually you time it right so that you hit him uh the only difference between him and king wart is if you get close to him he will teleport around but there's no reason to get close to him to even make him do that. <laughs> so I don't even know why it's programmed in there like that. But I'm bringing up King Mort because 
I'm just thinking about throwing mechanics from way back in the day of Super Mario Brothers 2, which like felt really good. Um, when you throw something back in this game, you know it's almost like you're shooting a gun. Whereas in Super Mario, it's more of a throw where it has like an arc and you know obviously it goes off the screen or whatever. But it just feels so much more satisfying in a game like that, you know, from however long ago it is, 25 years ago, um, of just catching and throwing. I, it just seems to me like it's it's something that should be easy to pull off, but I I don't know. I guess it, it, I don't develop video games, so I don't know, but. Um, in this case, I don't know. It was. It didn't just come off well. Yeah. No. I. I know what you mean. And, and it. It's almost like kind of like a. Uh, it, it feels like almost like a first pass on the game. Right. You know what I mean? Like with some refining and tightening things up, then uh, you know maybe it would would have been better. Um, right. Right. And Steve, I thought it was funny you brought up uh, Meat Boy because I had like thoughts of Meat Boy as well, and. I, I feel like I'm this weird person because I don't particularly like Meat Boy that much. So I'm, like, trying to come up with, like, things. I'm like, why don't I like Meat Boy? <laughs> you know? I don't know. And, you know, this isn't the first time we've talked about no, this. No, I know. I, I've said this before. If somebody told me to tailor make a game for Phil Summers, I would make Super Meat Boy. I think because, like, you know, there are minimal, like, I mean, there's a lot of checkpoints, right? You basically have to go through, like, a little hazard and you make your jump, and then you get through it, and then you're now on the next checkpoint. So Meat Boy is almost on that same principle. You get through a little hazard, and you complete a stage, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Meat Boy, obviously, like you said, Steve, it controls much better, and I agree with that. Um, but I think there's something about just that doesn't, to me, that cheap obstacles um, that you're going to die on over and over again, and then eventually through trial and error over and over and over again once you overcome them to me that i don't think that's fun to me and i think maybe that's why i don't like meat boy because to me it seems like a safe state i'm like i'm just hitting mm. safe state over and over and i'm just constantly reloading whereas in like if i play we'll go back to super mario brothers if i play like new super mario brothers Wii or something i'm just comparing that because that meat boy came out similar times and everybody was praising meat boy while everybody's making mario brother making fun of mario brothers but i feel like in mario brothers if i've never encountered a stage before because of my ability to play the game, my knowledge of how well I can play a Mario game, mm -hmm. like I can maybe beat the stage on my first try. It's fun. That's it, what you just said was exactly what I was about to kind of counter with Meat Boy. Um, was that I felt like you you used, and I don't want <laughs> we shouldn't go too far in debating Meat Boy, but just as a as an example, kind of of what we're talking about in 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 terms of Celestial Mechanica. But like with Meat Boy, I felt like. It was kind of the same idea where not so much that it was trial and error, but it was muscle memory. And I was starting to understand like how I could jump and control the character when he was in the air and do wall jumps. Right. So that there were times where as I got better at the game, I could approach a new level that I had not even done yet and get it on the first try. And that was kind right. of that was what kind of fueled my enjoyment of that game uh, was was. No, obviously you can get better at Meat Boy. I mean, the little I played of it, I felt that I did get better. But, you know, obviously you're still going to die maybe a bajillion times well, yeah. on stage, you yeah. know. Um, oh, I just had another thought and I lost it about um, not so much just Meat Boy, but I guess the way those games are in particular. But uh, So, yeah, I guess that's why I personally don't like – oh, what I was going to say is Meat Boy, and in a way this, they show their hand pretty quick. Like – Obviously, I did not play all of Meat Boy, but 
you know, you play maybe five stages of Meat Boy, and you're pretty much seeing all the hazards, all the obstacles that you're going to have to deal with for the rest of the game. This game is a similar thing. Like, you have seen all the obstacles and hazards you're going to deal with within, like, five seconds. Whereas in, like, Mario, every stage kind of has its own little unique, I don't want to say gimmick, but they each have their own little unique thing they introduce. And I think that's what keeps those games interesting to me personally. Whereas in a game like this, like the Celestial Mechanica, like, I get bored of it and I don't, you know, I don't see any strength or, in, or value in, in the level design the way it is. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and another thing that I thought was very jarring about this game, and it made me think back to Metroid, and it's easy to compare it to Metroid. When you go from screen to screen, it's very jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, you might fall into a pit and you don't even mean to. You know yep. what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. You know, you get all the way to the edge, you're running full full blast, the screen kind of flashes quickly to say that you have now moved on to the next screen. Usually some kind of pit right there, you fall and you die. It or there's me... a guy on the other side and he's just shot you and you ran into him, which are your two hits and you're dead. Yeah. Right, and I started thinking about the doors in Super Metroid and I never kind of like, or just any Metroid, I never kind of really thought much about um, you don't think about it when it works, you know what I mean? You think about it when, when it's missing in another game. So in a game like that, you blast the door, you hit the door, game freezes, the screen pans over in dark, screen lights up, gives you like that quick glimpse of what it is. Samus, meanwhile, even though she's frozen, she's going to be moving the same speed that you left her at from the time you left the screen, but you've seen all the obstacles that have appeared, and you're able to continue playing like seamlessly. Um you know, that is completely missing from this game. And it's, you know, one of those things that you don't, when, like I said, when you're playing Metroid, you never really think of that. But in a game like this, when it's not there, you're like, oh, well, that's why they do that in those games. That's why the screen pans over and gives you that quick, you know, second. And even though that, like, breaks up the, you would think that the door panning over a Metroid would break up the game because, you know, it's giving you this break. It doesn't because you're still just the way it flows just works so much better so yeah i really miss the doors this game should have had some doors <laughs> <laughs> so um randy go ahead I, yeah i'm sorry i really r- rambled on there but oh don't don't worry about it don't worry about it i i i disliked this game yeah i i but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and try to poop on the entire thing from start to finish i i will say that i i i liked the pixel art um, I thought that uh, you know his characters were were actually really good, um, and I enjoyed the music, but that that was it. That that was the extent of my enjoyment of this game. Um, I, I think that everything else about this game is just almost like a play by play of of poor game design. Um, you know, environmentally, I thought the environments were completely uninspired. There was only one real area in the game that I felt like, oh, hey, there's actually some time put into this, and it looks nice, and it's it's this outdoor area where there's, like, a waterfall mm-hmm. and stuff behind it. But otherwise, like, when you're in the quote-unquote water temple or the lava temple or the or the brown temple, air temple, that's all the difference was. It was, yeah, it was, it was brown background, blue background, red background. Whoop-de-doo. You know, there was there's zero personality to it at all. Like, but if you were playing something, say like Super Metroid, right. where you are, it, you know, that environment had a total. You know, uh, it has it has a personality. Whereas this game has none. It's just platforms and empty space behind you, or colored empty space behind you. Um, I thought the controls were just downright atrocious. I I played it on the Xbox, or I played it with the Xbox 360 controller, 
And uh, like, like you were saying, the hit detection is, is really poor. So when you're trying to just do something simple like stand as close as you can to an edge to jump over some spikes, you just instantly die. There's no like, there's no, it's not that the spikes are, are parallel or they're flush with the top of the land that you're standing on. It's almost as though the spikes are invisibly standing yeah. up a little bit. So like when you just get to that very edge, you die. And that's an annoying and a really poor game design right there. Um, the, the jumping controls were just absolutely terrible. It takes it takes a real practice just to be able to get your character to land on precise spots, which is which is bad. Which is bad. Right. You know, you can land in precise spots with Super Mario, with you know every Super Mario game that has ever been made. With uh, with trying, you can do it well. You can do it with Super Meat Boy. I, I can't think of any popular and successful platformer where you can't land on the exact spot that you want to when there's yeah. no obstacles there. When there's no obstacles present, you, you, if, you have if a hard I can, time controlling it. Uh, I just wanted to interject real quick because one point with that, the way this game is presented is presented almost in like a 16-9 window where you can blow it a full screen. And I noticed that when you jump, the camera kind of follows you up so you can't see the ground anymore. And then you come down so you have no idea what it is you're going to land on. And I, I just thought that might kind of... That, that did not help what you're saying. Which, again, that's actually poor game design as well. Think back to 16-bit again to Super Mario World. Um, when you jump in Super Mario World, even though it's even if you've played it in, in a... Pretend Super Mario World was 16 by 9, just, just for the sake of this argument. If you jump in Super Mario World, the camera does not pan up. The camera stays exactly where it is, unless you do one of two things. Unless you make Mario land on a platform that's already higher than him... Mm-hmm. You know, and then it needs to shift the camera up, or you're flying. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if you don't land on a platform, that camera stays still. You could even jump off of screen in Super Mario World, and it'll, the camera will still stay yeah. centered, and you can land more precisely with Mario. This game doesn't do that. The, ga- the camera tracks the character all the time, and that's just bad. Um, there, were, there were a few other things that I found like that were not only just kind of lazy, but a little bit of like... Almost, I don't want to say offensive because it wasn't it wasn't like that bad, but it was kind of like they knew how bad of a game they had on their hand. There's a, there's a point where you run into a character who's listening to his headphones and he's like, "Hey, push B and you can listen to music wherever you want in the game." And it takes you if you hit the B key, it takes you to to their website where they sell the music from from the mm-hmm. game. Which I think is nice if you want the music from the game, but it's like, really, you threw a character into the game that's completely out of the realm of the rest of the environment. Like everything's robots and and everything's robots. And so you have this human character standing there bebopping away on, on his headphones, and it's like, dude, you're 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 out of place. I thought humanity so, was dead, and, and you're standing so that there. I actually kind of liked that. Um, not really? in that spot. I, like it didn't make sense to me in that spot. But then you come across another one. Uh, but he's a little more hidden, uh, and then really? he's the artist. So they are actually the two developers. These people you can find. I I I can get it if. I mean, to me, that's fourth wall right. breaking, and and therefore it breaks the immersion. I I don't mind when the developer intentionally breaks the fourth wall, like in games like, um, uh, God, Sword and Sword and Sorcery uh, mm-hmm. EP, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. That game intentionally breaks the fourth wall all the time, and that it fits. But if you're only doing it once or twice in your game, you you are pulling the, the player out of the game. Um, God, I'm trying to th- think of. I think really what it boils down to it, like I feel that the the environment design was really lazy. When you actually go from one screen to the next, a lot of times the environment doesn't even mesh up. 
like say the land above you is 50% off of the screen if you jump up to the to the screen above you it might be 33% off the yeah i see what you mean yeah and it's that that stuff should line up all the time you know that's they've been doing that since metro one and so to me it just feels like a half finished game the 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 main character as you're you're playing her she's weighted like a brick and she just falls all the time like really really fast even if you're hovering sometimes you'll still fall like a brick um and even other little things like the dying animation you just kind of if you look really quickly you can see that she curls up into the fetal position but she just disappears there's no splatter there's no tiny explosion it's just a couple of flippers and you're gone um it just feels like a, a big almost done game but not quite and uh and because of it i I just got really frustrated with it and 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 this is going to be my final say uh, that i'm going to say about the game i think the game's biggest defense there there are plenty of games that i played that have flaws right they're still fun and i'm thinking of jagged alliance back in action the game has i'm thinking of of the next game and i love the hell (laughs) oh really but keep going but there but there there are games that despite its flaws you can love this game just to me feels like it is there is zero fun factor in it for me and to me it feels like almost like a waste of my time to play it yeah i could i can see that so that's that's the end of my little rant i'm sorry i sounded so like kind of angry in there but but really i was like god i can't believe that can't believe that we're playing this (laughs) you know (laughs) if i was if i was doing a video review for it i I would give it a a don't bother like right off the bat yeah i I think i'd also give it a don't bother yeah i'm 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 Unfortunately, and I, I'm very rarely ever in that camp, but yeah, I probably, uh, I'd say think... go check out the soundtrack on Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, soundtrack's cool. The guy, you know, the uh, the, the developer uh, shows his strength in his music, obviously, I, I would say. He did the music and the game. Uh, the music we all agree on is pretty good. So. Yeah, and I mean, this is could very well just be a, a lesson, and then the next game, you know, maybe be stronger, I and mean, who knows? Um, I don't know that I'd recommend that, you know, people spend $5 on it. I mean, I guess if it shows up in, in a, like a humble bundle or something like that at some point, then that would be good. But yeah, I don't see it as like a, as a standalone full price purchase, which at $5, when I say full price, I mean, take that for what it's worth, but. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of competition in the five dollar video game world now. Yeah. I mean, really from, (laughs) from a year ago, even, you know, it's, it's, uh. It's funny, and and my last thing I'll say about the game, and and this is going to sound awful just given what we said about that game, is that as I was playing this, I was just thinking about uh, Pateri 1977 a lot (laughs) um, in terms of, like, the controls Mm. and everything. And ironically, both games were developed in Flash, and I don't know if that's a common denominator uh, or or what, or, uh, you know, uh, again, take that for what it's worth as well. Um, But interesting i do think i do think this is better than pateri i was actually see at least with pateri i knew i could quit <laughs> early on <laughs> this one i kept i kept giving it the benefit of the doubt i'm like okay maybe maybe this is gonna get better maybe this is gonna get better maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna get some cool power that I'm well that really was the other thing too like the, the powers you get are very like they're all standard things that your guy should that she should come with already. Like your first power is you get to jump. Mm-hmm. Right. Your second power is you get to double jump. Your mm-hmm. third power is you get to push a block. Right. That's what that's like, what I got to pushing the blocks. Yeah, and and she should be able to do all these things already. And then eventually you get the wall jump, yeah. and then you get a hover, and then finally you get to throw things. Uh, 
Phil, what was that game that I was playing that that uh, you actually played and beat, and I, I couldn't even get to like the. I know what you're talking about. I forget the name. It was another Metroidvania. I know what you're. I know what you're talking about though. But that game was hard as hell, and I have to say, I enjoyed that game a lot yep. more than this. And that game beat the shit out of me. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be swearing, but I, I enjoyed that well, game you so know, much more. And that game was it, that kind of goes back to what I was saying hard. about um, feeling a game feeling rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, the control in that game, Randy, if you remember, kind of almost had like a deliberate like Castlevania type feel to the jumps and the way your character moved, the way he could attack. So mastering that, and you know, having long sp stretches of, you know, screen where there's no save or checkpoints or anything, it just feels more rewarding to play a game like that. Yeah, this one, I, I really, I got nothing from it, and that's rare for me to, to say that I got like no, no enjoyment out of it. I got enjoyment <laughs> out of Lunar Flight for crying out loud. You know, I think I. And I was like, hey, this is kind of neat. Check it out. I'm on the freaking moon. I'm controlling a lunar lander. I mean, there's really nothing else to it. You just control four repulsor jets. But this game, mm -hmm. you know, has a more whimsical and more traditional game feel. And I, I just I thought it was interesting when I was going through, like, the different reviews because I wanted to see what people thought of it. A lot of people were like, this game would be so much better if it were longer. And I was just like, no, no, it wouldn't. Well, that wouldn't make it better. Like, why? People are very obsessed with, like, length and, you know, the amount of time they put into a game. Like, today in this day and age, people expect to win the video game. They expect to win it. They, you know, when you, you know, Randy, if you're playing, like, Quantum Conundrum, I'm just going to use that as an example because we just played it. Um, you know, I would say to you, how far are you into it? And your answer would probably be something like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in, like, five hours into it. You know, in the old days, if I asked you how far you are in how you know how far you are in Ninja Gaiden? You'd be like, dude, I can't beat the second stage. You know what I mean? There was never like, you know, right. we have like this thing where we all expect we're gonna win this game within eight to twelve hours, and it's just like a weird thought. And you know, there's obviously a whole generation of, of kids that, or even adults now, that play video games that uh, have that mentality now, where they just kind of expect to win the game after eight hours. Um, so going back to this game only being one hour. You know, making this game eight hours is not going to solve any of these problems. In fact, it would actually make these problems worse because now you're playing eight hours of a bad game. If this was like, if this was like a super tight game and <laughs> all the shit exactly. we were talking about was all like freaking top notch and worked, I don't give a crap. If this game was an hour; it would have been a great hour. You know, mm -hmm. I would have been like, "It's dude, buy it for five bucks yeah. and go. You know, play it for an hour. You'll get your enjoyment out of it, and that'll be it." Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't understand why people are they're so obsessed with like game life. It's a penal thing. Yeah. <laughs> the uh the Metroidvania style. The uh <laughs> The uh, the Metroidvania uh, that we were talking about was uh Project Black Sun, by the way. That really, really tough one where you're in that cave mm -hmm. and you're that, that boy with basically just a pistol and a knife. But uh Project Black Sun. A game that just utterly defeated me, but I felt in every way was mm -hmm. just a, a far superior game. I thought the controls were a lot tighter. Graphically, it was it was better. Um, felt a lot more yeah. rewarding. And I think the price is the same as oh, well. Oh, wow. Actually, no. Project Black Sun is 2 yeah. bucks, so it's, and it's, it's also even cheaper than, than this um, game. I did, you, know, I, you said I, I completed that game, Randy. I got the yeah. bad ending, so I didn't quite... Oh, there's multiple... Wow. See, I didn't even know there was multiple endings to that game. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't quite win. It did. It did defeat me. Wow. But uh, yeah. But 
but I got kind of far in it. And, I, and, you know, yeah, it was frustrating, but it was rewarding, and, and I, you know, I liked it enough. We were actually almost going to do it for uh, Game Club, but you were, you were stuck. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have. People would have been, <laughs> like, if we did a video version of it, people would have been seeing the same, you know, screens, me playing the same, like, thing over and over again. I would have looked like an insane person. <laughs> um, yes. So somehow this conversation turned into, if you're starved for an indie Metroidvania game, get Project Black Yeah, Sun. and you only have five bucks, so Project Black Sun. But, uh... Yeah, I, I can't recommend it. For $5, I, I don't even think I could recommend it for a dollar. I really can't. This should be yeah, this should be like it, a free Flash game. Yeah, it's a shame, too, because I was, uh, like I said, this is this was on the game club list for probably close to a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was looking forward to playing it whenever we would get around to it. And, you know, everything fell, I guess, into place where we were like, okay, let's play it. And it, you know, didn't turn out so hot, which is a bummer. Hmm. It happens. Yeah, it does. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that uh, is that our thoughts on the game? Yeah. Anything think, else to add? No, I got nothing else. All right. So uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, Randy, and unfortunately you couldn't join us, but Steve and I went to the uh, Zelda concert last night. I, You know, I heard, and you know uh, – um, Curly is actually at it tonight down in the D.C. area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. cool. Uh, it was cool. It was pretty neat. Steve, you, you enjoyed yourself, Curly. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time. We both uh, took our wives out for a uh, evening of uh, orchestral Zelda music. Ro- romantic Zelda music. <laughs> at, yes. at one well, point, at one point <laughs> we're sitting there, and, and I think it was around the time when the conductor brought out the uh, the replica of the Wind Waker. Yeah, the Wind Waker <laughs> to, con- to conduct. Yes. Phil leans over to me. He's like, I think this might be the nerdiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> no way. Really? I don't know, man. It's up there. It's up there. We Go do MagFest every year, and MagFest is pretty damn nerdy. No, no, I know. But it, it, yeah. it was definitely a lot of fun. It was it was a cool experience. I'm, I'm really glad that we, that we got to go to it. Um yeah, they did some really cool arrangements. What are they? They covered uh, Ocarina of Time, of course. Uh, that got did... the most. Yeah, I'd say that had the most time. Yeah, they spent a lot of time on that. They uh, did uh, Twilight Princess, uh, Wind Waker, uh, Link to the Past, and then they did mm-hmm. uh, Link's Awakening. Um, they did an encore uh, Majora's Mask. Which and... apparently they did add. Remember the guy came out and said we added this? Mm-hmm. Like. Um... I do remember people complaining that they had like no Majora's Mask music other than like one song that they did like in a like a earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really did make that like we got to hear something kind of new. Yeah, that was that, neat, which was pretty was cool. cool. My only, uh, uh, my only, not not even a complaint, but I, I really wanted to hear uh, Song of Storms. That's my uh, my Zelda favorite all time melody. Uh, mm-hmm. We got we got a short little tease of it in the middle of the uh, Ocarina of Time uh, um, <clears throat> uh, performance. Uh, the music cut out for about five seconds, and the violin player played the melody from it. And then they went right back into what they were doing, and that that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there was some good stuff. I mean, they pretty much covered every major Zelda game. I mean, and and as they're playing, they had you know, there's a screen with footage from each game that they're playing from. And um, you know, I didn't I didn't quite have man tears, but um, when they started and. And there was footage from Zelda 2, and there's, like, Zelda 2 music playing with this symphony. I, I started feeling a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you guys keep bringing up man tears, and I can't help but think of Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> I'm going to bitch man slap you. Very, very manly tears. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> like a stone crying. Yeah, you're like, like you know, you're like you're, you're flexing your biceps. You're, you have a beer in one hand and a cheeseburger in the other, and you're just weep, you're weeping a little bit, you know. <laughs> but I, I started oh, feeling it a little bit for some reason. I was like, what's going on here? Why am, why am I feeling this way? <laughs> what, what Zelda are, two. What is, this, <laughs> what is this wet stuff on my face? Yeah, <laughs> which was funny because like a little bit later into the show, I, I was wiping my eyes, and Dem goes over to me. She goes, "Are you crying?" And I said, "No, I'm not. Cry- I'm not crying." And that was not a, that was not the point where I was feeling the man tears. And then I I admitted to her later. I was like, I was not crying there. I said, but earlier in the show, I I was getting a little emotional. I said I didn't cry, but I was feeling it. And then she laughed at me and made fun of me. But uh, uh. The thing that was weird that Steve and I were saying is like you're at, I've never gone to like a symphony before, uh, but I'm assuming you're not supposed to like whoop and holler and stuff. <laughs> but the crowd is just like, I mean, come on, guys. If 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 someone is listening to this that has gone to like, you just gotta behave. You know, I listen. I love the scene in Wind Waker when Ganon gets stabbed in the head just as much as you, but. I'm not gonna cheer over the orchestra while that scene plays out on a screen. I wanna, <laughs> like, I, that's what they were doing. So, you know, the footage is always showing, like, you know, it showed every way Link kills Ganon at the at you know end of every game, and everybody cheered like every time it happened on the screen, or any time like Zelda had a reveal in a game, and like the camera pans up, and you know you see her back, and she turns to you. Every time she turned around, they would start freaking out, and you know. Midna changes into the human at the, or not a human, but she changes into her human form. And I, I leaned over to them before that one happened. I knew she was going to change. I said, they are going to go nuts on this one. People love, <laughs> people love Midna. And she changed. And not only did people go nuts, but they were doing like the cat call whistles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it very could have easily like, ta- you could have like taken what was on the stage and replaced it with like disturbed. And it would have been like a one to one. Right. Exactly. So the, the, the hooting and hollering was a bit much like, listen, when they're done, their when they're done, their set. Yes. Clap, clap for them. I will they're admit great. there was the one point during twilight princess when it towards the end and the music kind of faded out on the scene of, uh, of the long shot of link as a wolf howling. I mm-hmm. was like, God, I wish someone would make, like, the wolf sound real loud. <laughs> <laughs> but no one did it, so. It was a missed opportunity, I thought. But uh, I'm surprised yeah. that it didn't. I'm and I don't have the personality didn't. type to do it myself. Do so it, I was right. just kind of, like, sitting there hoping that someone else would, would pick up the uh, slack and let right. out a big wolf howl. Yeah. I will say, looking at all the footage of those games, is like it made me want to play every Zelda game again, and Wind Waker and Twilight Princess still look really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually just having this conversation with someone at work today uh, about Wind Waker, uh, how well that game is held up visually. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing still. It looks amazing. I, I would bet money that we'll see an HD release of that on, on the Wii U. I would buy it. I would buy it. Yeah. They, no question. Yeah, I yeah. probably would, too, because I really enjoyed that. I, I think this might be one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, that I was just surprised how like Twilight Princess has like the creepy little characters and stuff, but on a whole, like I was surprised like how good they the both of them still looked. Wind Waker especially just looked great. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, good time. So if it's if it's go check out uh what is it uh it's it's just Google it Zelda Symphony of the Goddess. I forget what the exact URL mm-hmm. is. Check out the tour dates. If it's coming to your town, uh, you should really really make an effort try to go see it. Uh, I know they've still got like like twenty awesome. dates left on the list, and I know they're 
hitting all sorts of places. So mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's worth. It's, I mean, if you're a Zelda fan, you love the music. It's kind of a no-brainer. And it was time. pretty casual. I mean, we saw it at like an outdoor arena type place. So like, uh, you know, people had like coolers and everything, and people were wearing mm-hmm. shorts and t-shirts. It wasn't like a dress up in a suit t- type of right. affair. Exactly. Right. And there was there was some cosplayers, of course. There was and some cosplay. Favorite... A lot of Elfiers. Yeah, my secret favorite part, Steve, is uh, we were getting ready to leave, and then they did the uh, the Majora's Mask set because they did like three. Uh, what's it called? Encores. Encores. They just kept going. Uh, so we were like trying to sneak out, and every time we'd sneak out, they played another song. So then we were waiting there for the final set, and then out of nowhere, you just hear this girl go. <laughs> she just goes, "I'm going back." <laughs> She's she's running in full speed, man, because she was doing what we were doing. She and she was dressed as Vati. I don't know if you guys know Vati from some of the Zelda games. She's dressed as him, and she was just booking full speed, man, getting back in there. I loved it. It cracked me up. I don't know why. Yeah, Steve, not like we just started dying. Yeah, <laughs> we all looked at each other and just pretty much lost it right there. It, it was she great. like emerged from like behind a pillar too. Like just the, the it was great. It was great. <laughs> I'm going back in. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right. So we, we yeah we talked enough about Zelda, but I thought we should we should share our experience. Yes. Yes. So but. wrapping up the show. Uh, next time around, uh, we are going to be playing the game Slender. Which, which can, uh, I, can I interject something here about Slender? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Slender is a a free game that you play, and it's it's uh you run it on the Unity engine. And I've actually had a few people requesting to have a redu- a review done for this uh, by Elder Geek, and I gotta say we're we're never gonna probably do a review for Slender because because it is a free game, you know. There's almost no reason for me to kind of break it down analytically for me to say like, yeah, you should probably buy it because of this, or All you right. should only rent it because of this. It's free. Go check it out. Right. <laughs> Knock your socks but, off. But they'll have they'll have the episode in two weeks. This is true. That's what I was going to say. If you want to hear like our analytical say about this, then you got to check out next week's or two weeks show when we actually talk about Slender. And since it is a free game, you've got no excuse not to go play it for yourself and leave us some feedback, uh, which you can do easily by heading over to eldergeek.com. Find the post for this episode and you can leave comments there. You can send comments to at eldergeek.com or send an email to eldergeekgameclub at gmail.com. Post it on our Facebook wall. Any of those methods is fine. We'll get it and we will make sure to read your thoughts uh, on Slender uh, on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this. I think we're I think we're going to be torn once again, and I think our discussions are better when when we don't agree on the same thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that you guys have both played it a little bit, and I know that Phil's brother Frank has played it a lot because he's been IMing me about it during the day while I'm at work. <laughs> um, but I, I have intentionally, knowing that we were going to be playing it for the next episode, I've I've held off on even looking at the game. I have nothing. I have no idea anything about it at this point, except that I know that it's a side-scrolling horror game. It's there's, not side-scrolling. Okay. There's a ton of like let's plays out there because this is the new this is the new game that everybody plays and they do their their live reaction videos right. to it because it's kind of like amnesia it's 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 now the new YouTube popular thing to right. record yourself off interesting and being scared okay yeah and I'll give my thoughts on that next week as well cool. yeah yeah I, I don't want to say too much about the game either but Frank and I have also been talking about Slender and just like I want to say right now like before I you know I don't want to ruin anything but when we talk about it but 
what I like about it is just like the notes that Frank and I are trading back and forth to yeah. try and like complete this game because like <laughs> we're both telling we're already telling each other tips and stuff and yeah I, I'm digging it I'm digging it cool. So. cool 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 so yes and um, please check us out on iTunes or Zune uh, and leave us some feedback and some reviews we would love that and we are always looking for more as that helps us out if you don't have a device that uh supports that you can check us out on stitcher radio uh which is an app you can download on uh, ios or android and uh, you can listen to the show that way um and as i stated before head over to eldergeek.com uh you can follow us on facebook twitter uh you're if you're watching this on youtube go ahead and click that subscribe button up there we would really appreciate it and uh also check out uh, the channel on twitch tv because there's a lot of good uh, content always being streamed on there from elder geek that about wraps up my whole spiel <laughs> so uh thank you guys Getting good at that yeah I, i've had some <laughs> practice now i've done it 28 times <laughs> uh so yeah uh thank you guys very much for listening we appreciate your support as always and uh we will see you next time for our uh talk about slender uh, so for myself and phil and randy we will see you then 